Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza, and before we get started, I guess I should say a little moment of silence for all of those college students that are kicking and screaming. They thought they could run away and the, and the virus wouldn't follow them, and now they got to come back home. What do you do? I know what we can do. We can have an author on here. Today, her latest book is Tigers Love Bubble Baths and Obsession Perfume. Who knew? And why does that apply to our college students? Well, I think you would, it would definitely behoove you to listen to this podcast because we're going to talk about having a hobby or two is good advice for living a happier life. And it could also be life-saving. And it may lead you to your next phase in life that you do not know about. And how do I know so much about this? I think that I could be living proof, but I think our author is living proof as well. Uh, before the podcast started, there were a lot of similarities that we uh, established, and I think you're going to definitely enjoy her for the next hour. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mary Savarese to the podcast. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much. It is truly my pleasure to be here with you, Hamza, and um, what a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And did that resonate? Like, uh, you know, me, for my personal story, I've been in the, I was in the Big Brother, Big Sister program for 10 years, and my little graduated from high school early because of corona this year and went away to school. And now he's kicking and screaming like most of the college students around the country because they got to come back home. And we find ourselves, I guess the biggest joke that I learned was if you want to make plans, uh, you want to make God laugh, make plans. And I, I think they're falling into that. And I think that you have some similarities in your timeline as well. Um, yes, I do. And um, I know it's perfect timing for these college students. Um, the other side of the coin is the parents' perspective, which is what I had experienced several years ago when my um, youngest um, was ready to graduate. But she wasn't at the point of graduating yet. She was at the point of um, beginning her senior year. And um, where I say a hobby could save your life, I, as the parent, was going through some very deep emotional times in my life then because I was becoming that empty nester. And um, I'm going to throw something shocking out there, what I learned from my own personal experience. And it was truly a journey, Hamsa. I can look back today and say, I'm so happy I took this journey. But at the time, it wasn't that easy. So what I'm going to throw out there to your audience is, um, as you become an empty nester, what I want you to think about is to, um, to uh, sooner than later, to accept the fact that your family unit is dead. Did everybody hear that? <laughs> your your family unit is dead. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. We tend to think of our children as possibly still those 
toddlers, those babies, those teenagers, right? And um, at that point in their life, they are young adults, and they are ready to fly the coop, but we're not ready to let them go yet. And um, subconsciously, I had not arrived at that point yet in letting, you know, my child go. And I still looked at her as um, my baby. And I think because of that, I experienced, it was a very, very difficult time. And during that time, um, it was, um, at the time, I was doing a substantial amount of writing, but I had not been published as an author yet. So you can still call it a hobby. You want to think of yourself as an author. And um, my writing really helped save my life. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you about uh, when you explained that empty nester, and I yeah. want to ask you about I want to ask you about whoopsies because you, there is a phenomena of whoopsies when and when you do the timeline, you find out that their older sibling is about to graduate from high school, and so the parents yeah. are like. We don't want to be empty nesters, and whoops, oh, we're pregnant again. What do you think of that phenomenon? Um, what do I think about that? Well, I, I have to think of it, wow, you know, things happen for a reason. And um, I, I'm, I'm just going to look at it that way. <laughs> things happen sometimes. Maybe it's planned. Who knows? But, yes, there are. There are results that really they, they just may not want to let go of that feeling of just having the, the children at home. But you do get to a point and you realize, it's a great thing. You've got to let them go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the parents are – it's going to be a challenge for 2020. I mean, uh, everyone we yeah. speak with has some form of challenge. And so I can only imagine – or I want to get your take, right? If You can only imagine going through the anxiety of your child leaving and then 2020 happens. And so they, they go away, but then three weeks later, they're back. Like, is that, a, back. from a parent's perspective, is that a good thing? It depends who the parent is. And I've been speaking to some of my friends, and some of them are extremely happy to mm. have them back home, whereas the other parent is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good thing. Because basically you do want them to leave and to grow up. You know, mm. that is the bottom line, to have their own experiences, not to have our experiences but um but yeah no there were some parents that enjoy having them back and i'm not just talking about maybe college bound um children i'm talking older than that who have Mm. decided to come back home Mm. that's a really good point that you say that Uh, i'm in the process right now of doing an extensive project for our family reunion that was canceled this year. Uh, So for next year, right? Right. Right. But what happens, what I'm seeing, what I'm finding is that there were that, like you were saying, fly to coop. And if there's no accidents, when that child is like later on in life, 
they they ultimately may come back just because of the support network if if the wife is going to have kids and it's important for the kids to see that family unit and it seems like we had to go i mean before since we're both from the northeast there was a time where people kind of lived there their whole lives and then there was a stretch where people were spread out across the country it seems do you think that we're going to come back to having a stronger family unit because of what's happening globally? Um, I think this virus is bringing families closer together, more so mm. than what we expected. And again, you can, you can look at it one way or another. You can look at it as a blessing. And you can look at it, again, and I'm going back to a friend of mine who spent the um, spring with two of her adult daughters who were working out of the house with them. And, um, I mean, they hadn't done that since they were together as a family in high school. So, um, yeah, I mean, but again, you're dealing with another adult. But I think when we look back and you, there, there will be a lot of memories. And I'm, mm. I'm staying positive and I'm going to say I think they will be wonderful memories. We may be on top oh. of one another. But with family, as you said, um, the last decade uh, or longer, everybody's just been spread around the whole country. This virus has brought us back together one way or another. Mm. Now, being from New York, I, I have to ask this question also. Yes. Um, and I always give a shout out to the, what is it, nine, three, six, the March 2002 babies, because the March and April babies, because uh, 2002, what happened in 9-11, everyone's like, oh, my goodness, this yes. is so major, and we're going to change lives, right? And, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm, before I was too busy to have kids. Now we're going to do it, right? But, like, the middle of 2002, everybody went back to their regular scheduled program. So yeah. while we're making strides in 2020, is it the proclivity to go back to what you're used to once, once this is over? I don't know if we'll ever go back to anything we've been used to, <laughs> right? As we right. see, everything is changing. Weddings, family get-togethers, putting aside things for, you know, till next year. Um, you know, sometimes you don't know. It's, it's really one day at a time. That's the way you've got to look at it and yeah. just try to stay happy and focused, and um, if, if you are dealing with what I was dealing with several years ago, and you have something like as a hobby um, that brings you joy, that is part of your soul, I think it's a big help to you mm -hmm. in moving forward in your own journey. I want to I chew on this for a, for a second. Uh, because it was brought to my attention when I was doing uh, some family research over the weekend. And so I was speaking with a distant relative that's, you know, like a third degree, if you will, from us. And so they had a separate family reunion. And theirs was also canceled. And I was like, well, you know, we're putting information together for 2021. They said they weren't having theirs until 2022 because in 1918, the pandemic lasted two years. So oh, 
Right. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I actually say it out loud. <laughs> and I know Governor Cuomo and others across the country were like, yeah, it's going to be over in two weeks. Oh, it'll be over by the summer, you know. How do you even factor in – I know you said day-to-day, but if someone shares yeah. with you it would be two years, how do you respond to that? Um, I understand. Um, I'll share something with your audience. My um, older son just um, became engaged, and he mm-hmm. said, two years, Mom. And do you know what I said, Hamza? I said, wonderful. <laughs> so, um, I think it's becoming second nature to us, you know. We're wonderful in adjusting to whatever's mm-hmm. thrown at us. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point, I'm thinking, two years, it's, it's far away, but it's, it's, it's not that far. Yeah, good point. You, you did mention that a friend of yours, uh, they have their grown daughters in the house, and yeah. there's been articles of different dynamics, right? They're no longer the kids. And even, and even with spouses, since everyone's working at home, we're seeing different sides of people, our loved ones, that we've never seen, right? Are, are they really tough at work and that comes across? You're like, who is this person? Uh, are, yeah. you, are you seeing any changes of dynamics in your immediate circle? Um, no, I, hear, I do hear complaints. And I do hear wonderful stories. So, yeah, because, again, we're not dealing with that baby or that toddler or that teenager where you said, boom, you know, we're doing it this way. You're living under my roof. That whole dynamic has changed. You have to have a give and take and um, respectful uh, um, relationship at this point because you are all adults. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting the circumstances we are finding ourselves in in 2020. But again, it's all a journey, and I, it's a learning experience. And we will look back at this, and we're going to say, you know what? It was okay. So. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. And I, I, it's interesting when you said we get um, – I was taught that it was a spiritual four-by-four, four, right? So. Yeah. The universe usually whispers to you, and <laughs> the more you don't pay attention, then there's this big bam, right? And yeah. so you were an author or, or author on paper, but it was actually your daughter leaving that kind of pushed the envelope for you. And for this year, when, this first, when the pandemic first happened, people were like, oh, we're going to be in the house together. Okay, you watched everything on Netflix. Now I don't have any hobbies. Like, what do I? How do I speak to this person next to me? Uh, so I'm guess I'm asking how to have a hobby or two. What yeah. was it that actually pushed you to like? Oh my goodness, this is really something. Um, what what pushed me to um, to bring my writing to fruition? Yeah, is that. Um, Basically, it was a publisher (laughs) coming back to me after many, many years of rejections and saying, Mary, we're interested in your um, mystery romance with a spiritual twist. And um, at that point, my hobby, which got me through a difficult point in my life, and I'll explain why, because 
one of the things you deal with when um, you're going through a difficult point in your life, you could be dealing with a tremendous amount of anxiety. And when you have this anxiety, you seem to just be concentrating on yourself. One of the benefits of having a soulful hobby, something that makes you want to get up in the morning and just get to that hobby, it will take your mind off of you and your issues. It frees you. And that hobby will then just take wings. And that's, that's it was just a, um, a wonderful, lucky streak at that point. But it took me many years to get there. It didn't happen overnight, Hamza. So um, my point that I'm trying to make is the hobby of writing for me and my goal to become a published author really helped me through the difficult time because it took the points of interest of myself away from me and I could just concentrate on something else that I love mm-hmm. to do. Absolutely. And, and you did bring up something, or you brought up a couple of things, but one of which was uh, an older paradigm of actually waiting for a publisher. And so was it always, was there always the intention to go the traditional route versus uh, today where there's so many self-published books? Well, yes, I was hoping and praying for the traditional um, um, route to go. And um, after many, many years of rejections, I just said, okay, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try. And you, as an author, um, you get used to rejection, and you're just hopeful for the next for the next one, but I had, um, the book that was published was actually my fourth manuscript. So as I would deal with one rejection after another, I would push that manuscript aside and go to my next idea. But Mm. um, yeah, it's, um, if you are trying the traditional route and it's taken many, many years, absolutely, nowadays, self-publishing has taken on its own, you know, life force. And there are many successful self-publishing authors out there today. Mm-hmm. One thing that, you, that I really liked is that you get used to rejection. And, you know, I, I guess the, there is a saying that if it comes too easy, you don't appreciate it as much. And so if you're getting a hobby – or establishing one or two, are there, uh, are there not matrices, but are there like landmarks it, that you have to say as far as goal setting, like I, I need to get this published at six months or a year, and if it's not, like what kept you going by receiving? Because when you reach out on your own, you're going out of your comfort zone, and so you don't yeah. know what the market's even wanting yet. So yeah. what, what happens in 2020, or I would say, in my opinion, the last decade or so, like, like two, since 2008, people yeah. are out of their comfort zone, and they were used to, you know, go to work, go home, work out, go to bed, do the same thing. And now I'm doing something I love, but how, how do, it sounds like different gears, emotionally, physically. Are you dealing with all that as well? Yeah, um, one of the things that kept me going is that it um, writing for me was part of my soul. I have all these ideas I would keep in my journal, and I would say, okay, um, I'd love to start with a title. 
um, as you can see, my quirky title. And the, for me, the quirkier, the better. And um, the joy of just getting up every day and these ideas coming to me. And having a hobby doesn't mean you have to be a writer. It's you know what makes you happy. I mean, you can have a hobby being a gardener. You can have a hobby volunteering. There's something that gives you this intrinsic joy that just makes you want to get up every day and continue. And sometimes these wonderful hobbies can become um, a career change for you. And, um, you know, it's just, um, I always say it's written in the stars. So it may not be happening today, but it may tomorrow. One thing that I think is sad, but I think it's good too, and I want to get your take on it. You said that you wake up in the morning like just excited. Yes. Do you ever go like, I know we're human, but sometimes I think it's sad that we have to sleep. Like you're like, oh, no, I don't want to go to sleep. I got so much more to do. <laughs> Are you going through that side also? Well, oh, absolutely. Um, as a published author, um, there's, I, I would just love to sit and write all day. But um, in today's world, you have to be on social media. You have to do a tremendous smart, uh, amount of marketing. So there's mm-hmm. quite a bit of work involved in, in pursuing my hobby. So, <laughs> but, but what I love the most is to come up with a new creative idea and start watching it come to fruition in a, a manuscript, a novel. And um, I, I write fiction. So um, that's where my joy lies, is where it will take me. And what happens when you sit down at my, I sit down at my laptop, I'll write a sentence. And, you know, the sentence will become a paragraph. A paragraph will become a page. And then you go on. And before you know it, you may have 30 pages. But your initial idea may be changing along the way, which is exciting too. So, hmm. there's so many questions I want to ask you about that. <laughs> uh, the first, first of which, uh, I want to ask you an author slash artist slash entertainer question. And so, sure. when you you usually see these uh, celebrated authors fill in the blank. At later at the end of their careers, right? They, yeah. You said uh, your fourth manuscript was the one that was picked up. And so yeah. w- one pushback that I hear from, from that ilk in the entertainment industry is they loved the very beginning because that was their true selves. But once that one book, one song, one movie made it, that's all that you know. their publisher, their people around them wanted to do. They wanted to rubber stamp it, and they weren't allowed to be as creative. And so I wanted to know, are you dealing – like, we want another Tiger's Love bubble bath book. Are you getting any of that? <laughs> oh, I – listen, I, I'm not at the point where you're talking about these major, major stars, um, but I have so many ideas. Um, yeah, and um, – the Tigers Love Bubble Bath. I mean, as I said, I love to begin with a quirky title. And um, I have um, so many manuscripts in me that um, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually um, getting, getting more manuscripts accomplished. Will they be liked? You don't know. 
until you put mm -hmm. yourself out there. And I mean, these, um, when you talk about these very successful people, most of them, it didn't happen overnight. You know, and when it finally does happen to them, it is wonderful. But then they're on a whole new journey, and they have different issues they have to deal with. I'm not there yet. I'm striving for that, but I'm not there yet. So, Mary, are you saying that we're having this conversation in the future? I would love to, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're having it right now in the future. <laughs> we're, I'm talking to your future self. And that, that brings me to this next question. How much of your book writing is you, and how much is it you co-creating with spirit that's giving you the inspiration? How much is with me? Well, what happens when I start developing my characters, and um, I also have a V-blog that I started recently. It's an inspirational journey for writers. It's called The Two-Minute Author. And um, I'm just at the point, or it, I just started a couple weeks ago, um, character development. And um, what I have learned, character development is so very, very important. You become part of the character. You live the character. But sometimes as I become these characters, you have to go into the mode of how they would act in a situation. So, yeah, there are some characters that may have some of my qualities, but they all can't be that because I may be dull in certain areas, exciting in others. So you really have to embellish and create and um, it's all part of it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And when you said it's part of you, do you find, again, this is probably pre-corona, but did you find that you're kind of a, a voyeur, like when you're out in, at a coffee shop or at, at the park, that you get inspiration just by what's around you? Boy, you hit the nail right on the head, Hamza, because <laughs> writers and authors, we are um, like I, I could probably say yeah, I'm an introvert, and I, it's not that I'm spying on you, but I, if I do see something that interests me, I write it in my journal, and um, I always begin with a title. Like my title, Tigers Love Bubble Baths and Obsession Perfume, Who Knew? It mm. began by me visiting um, a wild reserve in St. Augustine, and it's an old, it, it's a home for old cats. Uh, big cats, not little cats. We're talking lions, tigers, jaguars that were part of maybe TV shows, movies, and um, they've outlived their usefulness. And they were brought to this wild reserve. And it's, um, they only have a handful of people come through during the week. And um, the last exhibit was a 600-pound Siberian tiger walking across a plank and jumping into a vat 16 feet wide by 4 feet tall of bubbles. It was a bubble bath. This tiger jumped right in, sat up as though he was looking for a drink, and the um, handler sprayed obsession perfume on his tongue. And I stood there in awe, and I went, my goodness, that is the title of my next manuscript. <laughs> I have to develop a story around that. 
So, um, yeah, we're always looking and we're getting ideas. And um, that's, that's really, yeah, that's the way it works. It's funny. I mean, yeah, we get inspiration from everywhere. You know, that I think that's the beauty of life if you have that perception. And I just learned that, I mean, prior to us recording, I was saying how those in the tri-state northeast usually retire in Florida, and I didn't know the animal kingdom was doing the same thing. Yeah, well, Florida is obviously this place. It's the place because this is the reserve in St. Augustine. And, yep, <laughs> old folks <laughs> home for the big cats. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, this could kind of go all over the place, right? It could be a – when I initially read the title, I thought, you know, before knowing about your daughter graduating school – or it could have yeah. been she's graduating school, and you remember her when she was little. Like, she loved to have the tiger when she took a bubble bath, and yeah. she liked the spray of her mom's perfume. And so that could be a tangent. But how do you go from the inspiration from the title to getting the character development with Tiger's Love Bubble Baths? Uh, at that point, I said, oh, what can I do? Because my other manuscript scripts um, were in the genre of young adult fantasy um, adventures uh, uh, called crossovers because they would go from young adults to, um, you know, crossover into adults. And this was really an adult fiction. So I loved the idea of taking something with intrigue and murder. And Mm -hmm. I said, I've got to work this into this title. And what the title actually is, is a metaphor. And um, for um, beginning, um, it's a metaphor for where a captive tiger was tossed aside before and is now reinventing itself in a bath Mm -hmm. of bubbles. And my protagonist Really, um, I reinvented her life after being tossed aside like an old shoe after being married for 25 years. She begins a new journey in life, and she's surrounded by one murder after another. And poor thing, guess who becomes the suspect? So um, it was wonderful to be writing about murders and the intrigue and one twist after another. So, and really, when you finish writing that manuscript, it's like you birthed something. You know, I began with this, and you're actually sad. It's like I lost another child at the end. Mm-hmm. I have to come to terms <laughs> with that as well. Mm-hmm. So if you come to terms with that, I, I know on the other side of that, some authors, because a, a book is so popular, I guess it goes back to that rubber stamping, right? They want different versions of it. And so uh, there's always going to be uh, human frailties. So there's going to be murder. There's going to be intrigue. Yeah. And, and so the tiger is always going to be busy. <laughs> yeah. Always, always, always busy. I mean, they are such incredible, beautiful creatures um, mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you with um, usually when you find your passion, Right. If you're by yourself, it's a a journey. But if you're with others, it's also a journey. So I I wanted to ask you about balance. Right. So if you had Mm -hmm. the the nuclear family and you had these other roles, how do people treat you now that you you 
you've thrown yourself into the author world, the literary world, and people are like, well, I miss the old you. How do you deal with that? Oh, well, my, I have to tell you, well, my immediate family, my kids, my husband knew my, my passion, my hobby, and where I wanted to take it. But I did not tell anyone outside of the family or my friends that I have this hobby of writing and someday I would love to be a published author. So um, they were shocked when they heard. Have I changed? No, I I haven't changed. I'm still the same person I was before, um, you know. I, I have now they can see my goals in life and some of them look at me and I actually had a friend who at one point said, you're writing books? I didn't even think you even read a book. (laughs) (laughs) So, because um, I do like to read, but I, 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 my head was always into my laptop uh, creating. Mm -hmm. But I think your what you just uncovered was a a spiritual principle. So I, I want to get your take on that because there's one school of thought of you know this is your baby, keep it to yourself and yeah. you don't care what other people think. And then there's others that I want to tell the whole world and it's not ready. So then yeah. it may take longer because of the, the, the yay and, and naysayers. Yeah, you, you're going to have family and friends that are going to be very supportive of you, others that are going to be jealous of you, and others that are going to say, don't even bother. And you know what? Listen to your heart. Listen to yourself. And it's so important, do not give up. I mean, it took me a decade of writing before I was finally published. And always what helped me through that was I knew I had more ideas and I just kept writing because it gave me such joy. But if there's something that is such a part of you and you think you want to bring it to a different point in your life, go for it. Don't listen to anybody. And you uh, listen, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to have rejection after rejection. But if it's, if it's your dream, don't give up on it. So earlier today, I was watching Sad Guru. Are you familiar with him? <laughs> no, I'm yeah? not. But I, oh, no, okay. no, I, I'm not. He's great. He's a, a guru out of India, and it's kind of like it feels like a resurgence of the 60s where, yeah. you know, there was this, this openness. And so this guy, he's jet-setting with Silicon Valley types, Wall Street types, and middle America, like everyone. Yeah. And yeah. in the video today, as it relates, because there's no accidents, I'm like, why am I watching this today? Oh, it's for Mary's interview later. And <laughs> he was talking about sin. And the greatest sin that can happen to a human is to have this joy, this hobby that you love doing, and the universe is going to respond. So when the universe responds and gives you those avenues, and then you don't take it, that's the sin. So how do you feel about – I want to get your take on – Everyone has a book inside of them. Everyone has a hobby. Everyone has their life path. Mm -hmm. But when that path is presented to you and you don't take it, what's your take on that? Oh, I love the point that you hit. Yeah. Um, Gosh, if it's it's right in 
front of you. I have to say, if, if that path, I mean, nothing is just thrown at us. I mean, don't you feel, Hamza, that we have to work so hard for everything in our life, right? So mm-hmm. if it's, my gosh, if something would be thrown in front of me, I mean, take it you know, and run with it. But I think most of us have to work so hard to get anywhere um, to be successful, right? I mean, how many people is it thrown at, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, that, and that's another thing what you were saying about 2020 being great. I, I hold that same opinion when you look back on it, right, when we're going through it. Yeah, uh, and maybe I'm not, not and, now. <laughs> maybe not, <laughs> right. Yeah. And and I and I can only I got, I got punched in the stomach once when I had a my my uh, appendix had burst, and I said it was the male oh, version yeah. of yeah. I said it was the male version of of pregnancy, and so I got punched in the stomach for that. And so the other punch I would get for what I'm about to say is when you're going through labor, you don't like that point at that time, but when the baby's born, you really you know yeah. it was worth it. So uh, we're, we're in that state now, and that's why I was talking about that sin, because I believe self-sabotage is a thing, and yeah. there, there are people that are, I guess the best example is you think of an idea, and then you don't do anything with it, and yeah. six months later or, or a year later, you see a commercial about it, and you're like, right. I, I, thought yeah. of, I thought of that. And so what's your take on, on the universe being abundant and it's up for grabs for those that want it? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it is hard. You know why? Because we are afraid of failure, you know, and that can be at many times, you know, you have to take such a risk maybe with this idea that, that you said, and you, you'll see it six months down the road, but you've got to sometimes, you know what? When I look back and the things that I've jumped in head first and not thinking, or what is it, what is it, not feet first, right, but head first, sometimes mm-hmm. those are the things that have actually worked out for you because, I mean, I have this saying, you know what, it's already been written in the stars. So mm-hmm. um, that universe is helping to get you there, <laughs> maybe one way or another. And you'll, you may get there. You're going to have um, difficulty. You're going to have joys with it, you know. But um, usually what keeps us from doing something is your, your fear of failure. So mm-hmm. if you can just rise to that and maybe start small. You know, take a chance, something small. Don't give up your day job. Mm-hmm. So. One thing that uh, we were talking about before we started, and I said I was a big fan of Louise Hay, and mm-hmm. for those from, those from unfamiliar with her story is her really big, her big, big, big break, the Oprah effect, I think she was like 55 uh, or 57 years yeah. old. And so one of your credos is it's never too late to start over. So exactly. uh, what do you say to the person listening? Like, well, that's Mary's story. Uh, I'm filling the blank 70, 80, 60, 30. Somebody at 25 may say it's too late for me to start. So what do you say to that person of all age groups that has, holds that opinion? Do it. Do it. it. Listen, the key to it is, 
um, what is going to make you do it, your love of this idea or this hobby, no matter what age you are, jump into it. And you know what's going to happen. If you're older, you're going to feel like you're 30. If you're 30, you know, start small or whatever. And, you know, the joy you're going to get from accomplishing something, I mean, it, it, it truly is unbelievable. When we are handed something, you don't appreciate it. But when you've earned it, boy, does that make a difference. And you're never too old. I love to hear stories about somebody who's in their 90s and getting their college degree or doing this. Life is a journey. And um, you need to live it, you, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And for you, you, you uh, one thing on your site, you talk about what's God got to do with it and taking a little mm-hmm. time with the divine. What mm-hmm. does that mean exactly? What does that mean exactly? I believe that um, each of us, and you've probably heard this before, so I'm not the first person saying it. He has a plan for each of us. And um, I think that plan is to really something that will give us joy, a life filled with joy. And I truly believe that is what the divine has in store for each one of us. So um, if you can rise every day and just, you know, try to, the hardest thing, and especially at this point in time, and, you know, people will say, what are you kidding with everything that's going on? You know, if you can find a little positive, you know, you look at your children, um, you know, they're, they're innocent. They just glow with that beautiful love and innocence. And I think, you know, as we age, we tend to become possibly curmudgeons, you know, and, and we forget that joy, that wonder, that awe that children have. And, um, you know, and I think that um, the, with the divine, it, you'll, have, you'll have help, too, I truly believe you know, in your life's journey. Yeah, so the two takeaways that I got from that was it was expressing gratitude. And when you express gratitude, it continues to grow. And so it it reminds us of how so much that we have that others may not have, like waking up that morning, right? So there's countless people that don't even wake up the next day. That's such a great point, Hamza, what you just said, gratitude. Mm -hmm. That'll make your insights shine out, yes. Mm -hmm. And the other one with the it's never too late to start over, I mean, it's kind of a Hollywood cliche now where there's an elderly person and they get this uh, life-ending disease and they have six weeks to live, and then they wind up doing their life's journey and wind up living 20 to 30 years later. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, maybe that what do you was say the to plan that? for them. That's all I can say mm. is maybe mm. that was God's original plan. <laughs> so. Wow. So it. you're saying that's that a four by four moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's that spiritual four by four. Uh, The other divine uh, story that I love hearing or relaying is, and I learned about it after, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's as old as time, but 
it really resonated with me with uh, Katrina. And when Katrina happened, there was, you know, all the flooding and stuff in New Orleans. And this guy's house was flooded and he was on, on his roof. And a boat came by and they were like, come on, we'll come and help you. And he's like, no, God's got me. And, right? and then, yes, yes. you know, you know the rest, right? He gets to heaven I, and I, God is like, I yeah. yeah. So, God was yes. like, you dummy. <laughs> So I, I guess my next question is, how do you determine the whispers so you don't have to have the spiritual four by four? How do you determine the whispers? Oh, we all have those whispers, I think. Again, it's something that pushes you and may not let you rest. There's something that is it's like a monkey on your back. I, I need to do this or I need to do that. And that's why I think I had said sometimes like anxiety may become your friend. And it's like it's not releasing you until you figure it out. And that mm. may just be that whisper within you. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you from a parent's perspective. Okay. You've gone through this. <laughs> Right. You've gone through this. You have a great story to tell. You're on, you know, the bestsellers list and you've been you've done countless podcasts and you're a household name and all of this is great. But five years from now, your daughter or your son's gonna drop everything that they were doing because they have this burning desire. How do you support them as a parent? knowing what you've gone through, but you want the best for them. Yeah. You know what I say to my kids? Listen, go for it. Go for it. Um, I'll help you as much as I can. But if you have this dream, um, I think one of the hardest things um, you may face as you age, if you don't go for that dream, it's going, you will regret it. So I am very, very supportive of them. You have a dream, go for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that because I think it needs to be. It's understood, and I think parents like would think it was understood, but sometimes they're like, "Well, I don't want to. I don't want to let my parents down, right?" And yeah. as you said, time flies, and the next thing you know, you're 95, wishing right. that you had taken those steps. Right. So. Right. I do want to ask yeah. you since. You know, I love movies, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. the movie theaters have been closed, and yes. I'm not going back tomorrow because I think tomorrow AMC is charging like 15 cents when they first started, <laughs> and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm going to wait. But one thing, when the trailers start, they always say that silence is golden, and I've always loved that term. And to some people, silence is deadly. So you got to fill that dead air. What's your take on turning off all of the electrical attachments and just enjoying the silence? Yeah, well, Hamza, I'm sure you know yourself. In the society we live in, um, it is hard to turn off your iPhone and with social media and everything else. But um, I'll I'll tell you something. Um, 
a couple of weeks ago, I, I was able to turn everything off because um, where I lived, we had the tropical um, storm that came through, and mm. it brought down trees on power wires. So for four days, we were forced <gasps> to, was that a blessing or what? We were forced <laughs> to not have um, TV or, you know, and um, you couldn't charge anything, you know, in the, because of COVID. So um, I would be driving around in my car trying to get a little charge on my phone. So mm-hmm. was it great? Um, yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking because you're wondering, what am I missing? What am I <laughs> missing? <laughs> you, you need a balance. You, you need a balance. Just like everything else in your life, um, you need to figure out what balance works best for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I remember in, in here in Georgia, we have like, it's kind of laughable, but we have these snow days where it snows for like one or two inches and the city shuts down right. and the trees <laughs> fall. <love> <laughs> and everybody laughs. And I just had that picture with you said everyone's in their driveway yeah. with their cars running so they could yeah. charge their phones. Exactly. That's all we were doing was sitting in our cars at the foot of the driveway charging our phones. Here's so the big question, though. Yes. I, I think that you've come to this conclusion too, but so what did you really miss? Yeah, you're right. What did I miss? Oh, I missed some TV, you know, to, honestly, nothing. As long as I knew my ki- everybody was good and we were fine, you knew things were just going to come back to normal. And I guess that's kind of what we're dealing with in 2020. You know, everybody's scared. You know, you take it day by day, but you're going to be fine. You know, have faith in yourself, have faith in God, you know, say a little prayer. Everybody will be fine. We, we were going to bounce back, you know, and we will have gone on this journey together. And I believe we will have learned a lot. And hopefully many of us, um, you know, the family will become that much stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the thing that it re- that resonates is uh, the important things, like you just said. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes I guess that could be that four by four too, because uh, even though we're talking about it, I, I'm just like on pins and needles trying to imagine another four days off with no electricity or yeah. anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. It was a good thing that we had sunlight. Uh, for, you know, 15 hours in the day. But, yeah, <laughs> again, again, you have to adjust. And what are we best at? We adjust. So. Mm-hmm. And at, from an education standpoint, I guess I always look at it as like a teaching. Like if you had younger yes. kids and you had 15 hours of sunlight, like people didn't always have laptops or televisions. They went to bed right. when the sun went down. It's just kind of – uh, to express gratitude again of how life has continued to grow and it makes you appreciate what you currently have. And sure. so yeah. that, that's my next question with, with, with the book out at this time and usually they're speaking engagements and flying all over the place. Yeah. Like what's life now? What's life like now for Mary? Uh, do you, um, are you doing a lot of video chat? Yeah. I mean, 
Zoom. Just just like it is for everybody else. Life is upside down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, Zoom. Um, a lot of book groups. If there's anything that's continued, everything is Zoom. Library groups, Zoom, um, which is wonderful. You know, it's a whole new medium, right? Mm-hmm. But there is um, there's nothing face to face except, excuse me, unless you're doing it on Zoom. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, let me ask. Let me ask yeah. you the other side of that because. As I as we compare, right? That's all we can do. Mm-hmm. So in 2020, we're trying to compare it to 100 years ago, or you know. So in that same vein, I'm thinking 2008, 2009, uh, when the economy was going through its correction, a lot of people didn't travel, and I was a heavy business traveler. And we found that yeah. we saved so much money by not traveling. And sure. I know we're we're still human and we need that human interaction, but are you finding that life is more efficient for me, for you because you're not stuck at an airport and missing your layover? Um, and do I find that life is more efficient for me? I don't yeah. know. It's, it's like it's certainly not the way it was. I do miss things the way they were, you know, where you can just – get on a plane and just fly to a different state and not have to worry about whether you'll be allowed back in. You know, those are the Mm -hmm. things that I think we're finding difficult. Technology, look how technology has made things, um, uh, has improved our lives in the sense that where we had to maybe be there physically, now we can do it via Zoom or, you know, on the laptop or Skype or whatever. So Mm -hmm. um, we're learning. This is a learning curve for every one of us, Hamza, right? Mm, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, it'll give us strength. So. Mm. That's my last, not my last question, but it, it yeah. just made me think of uh, turning into a pillar of salt. So <laughs> how important is it to keep our eyes on the prize and keep moving forward versus, oh, well, in the olden days, three months ago, <laughs> in the olden days, yeah. How, I mean, it's a survival of the fittest, it sounds like, right now as far as mind state, mindset. So is that the best way, or will the people that, that you know, they miss, they are constantly thinking of the days of yonder, will they be left in the dust? Um, I'm sorry, I missed that. Will who be left in sure. the dust? If you, if you don't move forward, you mean? Right, yes, if you don't move forward. I think everybody's everybody's dealing with this in their way. So I, I really think, in depending on who you are, we're moving forward the best way we can, you know, at this mm-hmm. point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest takeaway, You're taking yeah. it one day at a time. And, and like exactly. you said before, if it's written in the stars, then that should keep <laughs> your, your faith going for sure. So as far as the agenda for next, with you have the Tigers Love Bubble Baths and Obsession yes. Perfume. Who knew? Yes. Where, where can we get that, and what's, on, what's next for Mary? Thank you so much. Um, yeah, um, please visit my author website, which is um, www.marykasavarese.com. 
www.ellenbarnes.com. And that um, can lead you to where the book is sold in many different venues. Um, you know, I'm in local bookstores and um, Kindle, hardcover, softcover. And where's my journey taking me? My journey is taking me to a trilogy, um, a young adult um, trilogy, which is a fantasy adventure called a crossover. So that's my next adventure, my next journey, is to mm -hmm. have that come to fruition um, with my publisher. And that, 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 I thought that was my last question, but my other yes. question is with publishers, I know that there is a big push for the young adult uh, yep. niche. And so you seem so comfortable in it. Is that, was it kismet? Was that the serendipity that they aligned perfectly for you? Um, yeah. When um, my, I, you know, I've always had ideas, always put it on the back burner where you say, you know, um, don't wait too long. What was the kismet for me? putting it on the back burner. I'm going to write a novel. I'm going to write this. I'm going to write the novel. And it was the youngest child that um, years ago, that, that decade ago, when we walked into a bookstore and she went toward this new category of books titled um, the genre, the young adult. And I mm -hmm. kind of walked away, did my thing and um, came back and I said, well, what are you reading there? And she looked at me and I knew it wasn't good. And at that point, I said, um, honey, this is not a book for you. Now, young adult um, spans many ages, okay? You can be looking at 12 to 30 is considered young adult. So at that point, I said, that was the kismet. I said, I have that idea. And it, um, within a year, I wrote my first manuscript. So that was the spark that got me started and just helped me through life's journey as my uh, hobby I love at it. that point. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I think that uh, there's about three alarm fire right now that everyone should be on alert. <laughs> there's so many, so many nuggets, right, that are around us, and it's just for us to kind of be aware. And you definitely took it, took it by its horns, and the hobby became a whole new lifestyle for you. So you know, hats off to you for that. Thank you. And it's, it's within each one of us. It truly, truly is. Mm -hmm. And with that, you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza Mary Savaris. It was a pleasure. Let's definitely stay in touch. Oh, absolutely, Hamza. This was so enjoyable, and I truly, truly mean that. Um, just such a wonderful time you are you're wonderful at what you do, so it's definitely you have the gift as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And maybe we'll, we'll see each other in St. Augustine at some point. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Mary. Thank you, you too. Thank you, Hamza.